Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter. Uh, look for this show as hashtag talent. Uh, today's topic is solving the talent conundrum. And we have uh, Zishan Sheikh, who's the Chief Information Officer with Energy. Hi, uh, Zishan. How are you? Great. How are you? Very good, sir. Thank you. Um, so, uh, business doing good? Business is fantastic. All right, great. So, you know, the the topic that we picked today is not new to most of our listeners, and I'm sure you too, because you, uh, in your respective organization, uh, must be working with this challenge, whether you have to stay put with what you're doing just to uh, keep the current platforms running or to do innovation or to at least plan for what's going to come ahead. So with, the, with whichever direction that we go, Zishan, this has been a challenge, and it's not just about attracting, attracting people or retaining people. It's about how do you make the talent relevant to where the business wants to be at any given time. So if you, if you look at that as a bigger ecosystem on how to remain organizations, maintain organizational relevance, and in that context, managing talent. What do you think is, how do you define that as a problem? Well, I, I would say, um, and, and to clarify, so I'm the CIO for a utility, and so my, our challenges may be slightly different than other industries out there. Um, the opportunity that we have ahead of us is, is one that's, that's, that's challenging and exciting. Um, when you think of a utility, typically we are, uh, dealing with equipment that that is dated. Uh, so, from a technology perspective, um, we are at the at the at the cusp of having an, an entire transformation occur with our technology, and and that that that's not just when you think of technology in a utility, you're not thinking about just servers and applications. You're you're talking about the technology that's out there in the field. So, um, how do you take that operational technology, transform it? and get the right talent in-house as well as with your vendor partnerships to be able to maintain that transformed technology once it's in. Because now you're you're, you're talking about an end-to-end from from the field to your data center to the the, uh, HMIs that the operators deal with to the data that your customer is seeing. um, And... That takes more of a system engineering type of talent in the technology world. Now, the the difference is there, and of course, you know, as you have currently the way utilities, like suppose we take your industry for example. So you have a set of challenges that you try to deal with on a regular basis, and that means the people who have acquired business knowledge, while they may be leveraging it, but they may have to change the 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 skill sets, if you will, or competencies besides the business knowledge, in order to be able to create value. So people have inertia in terms of where they are, and then there are people who are willing to move to any new thing, but then leaving behind the business knowledge. So, what is uh, what is the the mix which is which tests you as a leader in terms well, of talent management? 
Well, I guess, I, I guess I'd, I'd say it starts first with having a good change management plan as you go forward with your implementation of new technologies. And this transformed utility that, that, that you, you'll, see, you'll see a lot of media uh, around what utilities are doing these days with uh, uh, automated metering and um, uh, demand response. When you look at these new technologies that are coming in, um, in a way, it's almost less about the, the technology. It's more about the change management of how you get there with your staffing. And so establishing a pretty good um, and a strong relationship with your HR organization, um, your, 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 uh, your peers in the business uh, is critical to making a good jump from the talent you have today to the talent you'll need tomorrow. So there is a lot of retooling that has to happen for your, your existing talent. There's, a, there's, there's almost a media campaign that you need for recruiting new talent in-house. Um, when you think about uh, going to, for example, a college and saying, hey, come work for a utility, it doesn't sound uh, as attractive as let's go work for a Google, right? Um, because when you, the, people have this image of a utility being this dinosaur. Um, so you've got to make that case for uh, attracting new talent and, and explaining that, yeah, there's, there, there's some, some equipment that we have and some technologies that are a little bit old, but you, know, you join a utility now, you're, you're, you're joining during a, 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 a golden age of transformation. So not only will you know uh, this older technology, you're going to be at the forefront of putting in the newer, exciting stuff and, and actually expanding your skill set because, you know, we're not looking for narrowly focused um, technology um, experts. We're looking for folks that are Swiss Army knives that can, that can go from a field device to the, uh, all the way to the data center to the, uh, to the computer on an operator's desk and even to the, the data that our customers see. So trust me, Zishan, you're not alone when it comes to looking for a Swiss Army knife, right? Because those are the type of people who can switch hats uh, at a blink of an eye and being able to, you know, help an organization move forward. Now, yes, you are a utility, and yes, that has traditionally been a slow-moving organization, but in fact, they are also positioned to be one of the most, to, to get the most transformation as a result of IoT and many other technologies. Now, as you see a set of projects go are underway, or whether innovation or even existing projects, do you see the talent within the organization as saying that we want to want to get some more excitement, or would you say they want to stay put? Oh, well, what no, do you I, deal with more, inertia or over enthusiasm? I, I get it. We, the, just the. Just the idea and, and, the, and the plans that our, that our teams are seeing here at the company, um, it has rejuvenated our staff. I mean, they, they, they are so excited to be a part of this transformation. Um, they're, they're looking for uh, development plans on, on how, how they can um, refine their skill sets so that they can be a part of this, this, this newly transformed utility um, they, they have re- I've actually, in, in my 15 uh, or so years here at the company, I've never seen a more excited technology staff uh, than I do today. So just because they're excited, uh, but the way you will have to take it, if you have a bunch of excited uh, people in your staff and you have to put them at the right place, not everyone would agree to the way you position them. How would you manage that expectation versus... 
you know, um, just giving them a great plan. But when you start deploying them at different in different projects, they may not exactly be what they thought they were capable of or what they were interested in. Well, you know, the the good the good part about what we have is uh, a pre- a pretty robust talent management program here, and our human resources department. Uh, has spent uh, significant time and, uh, and effort in developing that program. And what that does for us is it gives us avenues um, as, we, as we see these opportunities on, on whether it's the project side or the operations and maintenance side of any of these new technologies, it gives us the opportunity to look at the skill sets of different individuals, see where their best fit is, and have those conversations with the individuals to make sure that it's something that, that they feel they're ready to to take on, so it's never a it's never really a one way conversation with our staff. It's always a two way, um, and that's really a testament to our HR uh, organization and how they've developed this talent management program. One of the challenges that we see uh, organizations chronically face, whether utility or any other industry, is they are really not clear in terms of the overall capability that they have across multiple skill areas or competencies as they're sitting in the ivory tower. And when the projects do get approved and you have to really start the execution mode, a scrambling match happens. And, and that has been seen as a chronic issue. How do you think leaders and managers and, and the organization as a whole can tackle this? Well, actually, I think I, I think our approach was uh, one that will benefit us when we when we started down our business case development for our transformed utility, our two B transformed utility. One thing that we did was we we enlisted our human resources department to be at the table during the business case development piece because, you know, when you think about putting out new technology, it's not just about the folks in your IT, OT organizations that have to maintain that physical uh, device or component that goes out there. It's really about the folks that are out there in the business side that are, that are, that are actually leveraging the data that comes out of these systems. So when we started our business case development, we immediately enlisted HR so that they were at the table understanding the changes that were coming and uh, our vice president of uh, our utility, Sean Corcoran, and uh, Lauren Kenny, who's our um, who's our lead on this effort, they 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 saw the value of really bringing in HR at the front end, so HR understood what was happening, what those changes were, so that right even before we start any of our big efforts, they're able to go into that talent. Um, management uh, tool set to try to see where we can uh, better prepare for for the efforts when they do come to fruition. So I, I think that was probably our best bet at solving um, solving this conundrum. And if you are looking at the overall approach to um, how many people of what type would be needed, is that forecasting a little more a science or still an art form? I think it's still an art form. Um, some of the benefits that we have um, as an industry, we, we rely as an industry heavily on lessons learned and benchmarking. Um, what's great about what, what, how we've matured over the years is we no longer just benchmark utilities. We benchmark other industries as well. But in the case of the transformed utility, we spent significant time um, talking to other utilities that have, that have done some of the transformation already, uh, understanding their lessons learned, understanding the 
the challenges they had and implementing some of those lessons learned into our business planning efforts so that uh, we know um, and we're better prepared for what may come as we embark on our, on our new technologies. Now, the speed at which uh, you see the business is moving and also the style of innovation that is being um, envisioned for organizations, do you want your talent to be entrepreneurial in spirit or more of order takers? Right now, where we're at because of this renaissance, uh, more entrepreneurial, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, you, you, can, you can be order takers when, when you've got established um, uh, long run times uh, with technology. But when, 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 you're, when you're looking to transform both the way we operate as a business um, as well as the tool sets and, and technologies we have, we, we want folks that are thinking out of the box. We want people that are leveraging ideas from other industries to try to make uh, our transformation um, even more successful. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And then let's talk about what is happening with respect to the analytical capabilities that talent is supposed to have. One is, like we go back years uh, decades ago, we were looking for an industrial age type of mindset where you know how many widgets you're producing. On the other hand, the recent world is more around analytics and being able to make decisions on the fly and many other competences which were not being given uh, due attention and focus. So what are we doing as CIOs and other organizational leaders combined to make sure that we are preparing the existing talent pool in these areas of analytic capabilities. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, if you are looking at overall uh, issues with uh, how many widgets somebody created, that's one thing. But that is not the industrial age we are living in. We are living in an in, in information age. And also we want these people to produce something out of thin air and do innovation and things of that nature. So you need analytical capabilities. Now, those are inherently there in people, but you have to hone them and or you have to identify specific skill sets and assign the roles to appropriate people. When you said, Zishan, in the past, uh, like in the previous segment, that it is more of an art form, do you find challenge, challenging to identify people's analytical skills and assigning them to jobs and also honing them? Well, I, I guess let's, let's, uh, let's discuss who, who owns the data analytics piece. 
um, at any company, right? So a lot of, I, I, I think that in the past, it's always been seen as the IT responsibility for analytics. Um, and when you talk about widgets, I think of that as just, you know, configuration management, right, uh, of what you have. So now when you think about all the data that's coming in from, from all of your, your, not only just your systems, but your field equipment, that data that comes in, in my mind, it, I, I as the CIO don't own that data. I manage that data, I protect that data, and uh, I preserve the data um, if, you know, with regards to retention. But that data is really in the hands of our business partners. And our business partners, uh, whether you're in operations or maintenance, um, those are the folks that have to have that analytic skill. So the discussions that we're having here is how do we transform those resources um, into data scientists, right? How do you spread the, the analytic capabilities across your entire organization and not just have it focused in, on, in the IT organization? Because otherwise, IT typically becomes the report writers, right? And data analytics is not about being a report writer. Data analytics is about being able to take that data and massage it and make decisions based on, on your ability to manipulate it. Um, well, IT doesn't make those operational decisions, right? That, those decisions get made by the business. And so it's less about an IT talent issue. It's more about a business talent issue and an end user talent issue. And how do you, how do you get people to think in terms of utilizing that data um, to make those decisions? So typically, you know, again, you'd go to IT and you say, hey, I need a report that shows me this. Well, I'm trying to transform that conversation to, hey, I need data. And I need the tool that will allow me to manipulate the data in this way. And then that, that user takes that, that, those tools and that ability to, manip to manipulate that data and turns that into the analytics piece. And that, that, that analytics piece is, again, it's analyzing that data to make those decisions. Whether that decision is um, to preventively um, replace a piece of equipment because of, um, of, of monitoring curves that are showing that it's, it's headed for a failure situation in two months from now and, hey, may, let's make that decision to replace that equipment now rather than wait for failure. Or if it's we can get more usage and utilization out of a piece of equipment based on the data we're seeing, things like that. And, and how do you combine equipment data with market data? So how do you use that data to be able to, you know, potentially make more money? And above all, how do you utilize the analytics to make your, 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 your staff operate more efficiently, right? Because efficiently, uh, be, being able to operate more efficiently translates into opportunities um, for dollars to be freed up to do something else with. Now, um, what you just mentioned definitely has a very, um, you know, these are very valid insights as to how uh, the data analytics-related talent can be handled. Now, if you look at overall, in order for any technology talent to be effective, they are not expected just to be taking specific orders in a structured manner and uh, deliver. Since you want them to be entrepreneurial, that means they should be able to sense what's happening around them, be able to figure out what 
is the best way to solve those challenges and use their analytical capabilities to uh, further offer potentially options to their leadership. So, so this doesn't come, I mean, yeah, there is nature versus nurture. So there are some people who are um, born analytical in their approach and others you have to develop. So my question is, do you think we as organizational leaders are actually able to spend time in developing because that's the core of what will make uh, your organization have the right level and, and type and quantity of talent pool? But I, I think I think it's not a question of do we have time. I think it's a, a, a statement of we need we we have to make time. Um, if we're not making time for uh, for staff to to develop those skills, um, then we're not going to progress in the future. Because the to be competitive, you've got to be able to have staff that can look at that data and analyze it the right way. Um, so it, it is about making time for it and creating that headroom uh, in your staffing model so that, that folks have enough time to go do that. Um, that and, and, you know, I, I have to say, even if you went out and you hired someone with experience um, in, in analytics, that doesn't mean that, they, they, that, that they've done learning, right? There's still a lot of learning to do. No, and, and, and you're right about it. And, you know, like I like your approach or the, the commitment to saying that we will make time to identify people with those. Now, the situation that we see in many cases is you are somehow keeping people around for business knowledge, but they are rendered not exactly as effective, or I would even go to the extreme, say, rendering, they are rendered ineffective because you have just been banking on business knowledge, but they cannot be put to great use because the analytical capabilities or other traits that they're supposed to demonstrate are not being demonstrated because they feel out of place or they feel irrelevant. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure that happens. Um, I'm sure that happens everywhere. Um, the challenge there is, you know, it's, it's, it's about leadership and good leadership within the organization and being able to identify uh, individuals who are, who are experiencing um, that, that, that which I would consider a frustrating in, uh, a time for them, right? Especially if um, they know that they've, they've got a, a development need and it's not being worked on. Um, you know, when you think about analytics, what's the, fir- the first thing that you want to do is have good business cases for analytics, right? Um, you know, doing analytics um, without a plan isn't exactly the best, best way to go about it. One of the first steps is developing business cases and understanding what do you want to get out of the analytics, right? What is that end result? And when you engage in those conversations, you know, some folks will be uh, a little more advanced than others. But if you, I think that my, my, my opinion is if you pair them up with uh, the more junior um, uh, people as, as you develop these business cases, you, you, you kind of start a spark and you do some of that knowledge sharing and it's almost like on-the-job training as you develop these business cases and prepare to, uh, to create these analytic models. Now, we know that organizations have used things like outsourcing or using heavy consulting on-demand consulting and managed services and the many of those areas to essentially offset the gaps in uh, technology talent management in their respective organizations. So now 
with those things in place, and then you got multi-generational existence, coexistence in an organization. How are they playing out together? And, and what's the overall outcome? Do you feel that you are moving still towards uh, a holy grail, or is it chaos? No, I, th- I think... Um, so, I, I guess let's, for, let's discuss uh, and, and, and pull the string on, you know, why do you do outsourcing? Um, what is the problem you're trying to solve with outsourcing? And in, in my mind, the problem um, to solve is how do you take those routine evolutions and routine maintenance kind of activities and put them in the hands of people that can do them uh, where that is their sole, um, their, their sole function, that's their business. They're in the business of doing those kinds of routine things and they can do them at a lower cost and give you a quality service, right? So that's something that I think, yeah, you go and you outsource that kind of work. So what do you retain in your organization? I think what you end up retaining is the, the type of work where you're using um, information in a, in a way to, to, again, make decisions, right? So you keep the engineering type of talent, you keep the uh, analytic type of talent in, in-house for two reasons. One, to keep oversight over what your outsource partners are doing, but, but the other is because that's where, that's, that's the talent that you need to continue to be competitive with your business. Um, so if, if you work off of that model, then yeah, outsourcing makes sense. Right, it makes sense to uh, to go ahead and and get that at a lower cost and, and get the value out of someone who's doing that those those things as a business. Whereas we're you know we're in the business of of you know from a utility perspective we're in business of generating and transmitting power. Right, that's our business. So as a CIO for utility, my 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 business is to go ahead and support those kinds of um, challenges, challenges with equipment um, and and the data that comes with making decisions on how to leverage that equipment uh, so that we can um, produce more power, distribute more power, and uh, and ultimately make more money for uh, for our four uh, stakeholders. Now, what is the, like, one is to look at and and hire or manage the workers, the field staff, if you will. Another is to look at your mid-management, because even that is talent. And the the ability for a mid-management to lead from the middle and be able to command respect from the field staff is going to be key to success, especially when you're trying to get a whole lot done and things are changing. So what is your approach to building and honing the leadership and management challenge, uh, management uh, competencies for a mid-manager? We, we, uh, our our uh, HR department has actually um, worked with um, a leading uh, talent development um, partner that, that we're, 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 we're really focused on leadership practices and employee practices and uh, we've identified uh, our, our executives very quickly realized a couple of years ago that, you know, organizational health is very important to be to maintaining uh, competitive nature in, in this business. And um, organizational health, again, is not about, you know, happy people. It's, it's, it's the health of the organization, how we operate and how and, and what we value. And um, 
So what we've done is we've put programs in place uh, to focus in on, on, on leadership and leadership practices, uh, engagement uh, uh, at the mid-level uh, uh, management layer all the way up to our executive layer. Um, and, and I think we're, we're, we're starting to see um, those programs uh, take, take effect and uh, starting to see um, our staff at large really feel uh, appreciative and, uh, the, and feel that um, the changes are, that we're making are, are to their benefit. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, we'll be back. And let's look at that um, utopic state of talent in an organization, which will allow Zeeshan to take two weeks vacation to Hawaii and not be worried about it. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, so the talent conundrum is because perhaps in many cases we just live it by the day. And, and say, okay, what's the problem with our talent today? And let's solve it and move along because we do not know how far out can we see in the future. So if at all you had to create uh, a utopic state or define a utopic state for talent for your organization in your context, Zishan, what would that be? Which if you pursued relentlessly and with patience, you will eventually get close to it, and then you can indeed have that vacation to Hawaii and not worry about things. Yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm still stuck on that vacation to Hawaii that you promised me. <laughs> um, you, you know, uh, you, I don't know if you've ever heard, heard the term window time, right, where you get to sit and stare out the window and think about, um, think about the, the different things that you've got to get done, right? Um, when you think about... Uh, a whole lot of transformation happening at all at once. Uh, you think about your, your normal day in, day out um, issues that you're trying to solve, your things you're trying to maintain. Um, the thing that usually takes the back seat is that window time, right? That time to, to sit back and, and reflect on, on the best path forward and, and, and move on. And a lot of people, um, and, and again, this is just my opinion, you know, a lot of people think, hey, that's, that's, that window time is something that's just for management, you know, in my mind, an ideal state would be where, you know, you've got enough uh, float in everyone's day so that, that all staff, you know, uh, whether you're an individual contributor or a manager, has that time to reflect on what needs to get done and how to get it done and, um, and, and really has that window time. 
So um, in, in your world, when you have, of course, tried to understand or, or sense the problems, that's one approach to understanding what you need to work on. But on the other hand, have the workers been asked or have they volunteered challenges that they face or they see in terms of gaps or, or issues that they're handling? Uh, and, 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 and what those challenges are, which will give you an idea about what the talent management related issues that we need to solve. So what are they you know, coming I, back to you with? Yeah, you know, I mentioned about our organizational health initiative. And um, as part of that, we pulse the, uh, the organization uh, periodically throughout the year. And we open avenues to, to get as much feedback as possible. And one of our leadership practices uh, is open and trusting. Um, and uh, I think where we're at today is where the, we're at a point where the employees feel pretty uh, comfortable um, with their ability to, to raise concerns and uh, and challenges they have. Um, we you know we we get we get pretty open and honest feedback from from our teams right now on on what they see as issues and 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 how they can solve them because that's the other thing that we're we're really pushing for. And, and it's a journey, right? It's a journey to, to do a, 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 an organizational health uh, change. But, um, but we're, we're making progress, and, um, and part of that progress is really giving the, the employees the ability to, um, to not only come up with the, with, with the challenges, but also come up with the potential solutions, right? And then it becomes incumbent upon us as leaders to make sure that we're following up and uh, following through um, with either, you know, uh, exploring some of these solutions that are, that are, you know, what you would consider bottoms-up um, solutions to, on whether or not there's something we want to go forward with or um, perhaps combine a couple solutions to solve a problem. But um, that, that's, really, that's really our um, our commitment to, to, to take those solutions that the employees come up with and do something with them, right? So that that's not just a vacuum. It's not just uh, putting out a program where, where, we, where we encourage people to, to bring, bring the challenges, bring the solutions, but then it goes into a black hole because that's the worst thing that can happen. Now, we're, uh, we we're know that we do performance uh, evaluations in any organization, and we talk about how uh, an employee should have better rating in business outcome orientation or communication, creativity, decision-making, and, and many, many other areas. Now, one is to do that and give a rating and then go back and start doing the same old, same old. How is the talent management engine, if you will, working towards making sure that there is a consistent improvement and not only using a dated talent management program to solve the new age talent needs because the way we are building or trying to morph our talent is not requiring exactly the same competencies, not all of them at least, the same competencies that we used to have in the past and our performance management and talent uh, performance evaluation uh, related criteria that was used. So there is there is a disconnect with what was done in the past and now. So how are everything? How is everything being modified, if you will? So so we can have a whole lot of debate on. Uh, uh, there's a, there's been so much um, research done on on the whole topic of performance management, and uh, I read a couple good articles from Harvard Business Review on it. I'll, I'll give you my opinion, and I'm. By no means an expert on, on, on in this in this area. My, my 
my opinion is, um, and, and we have, you know, the, 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 the typical performance review, uh, you do a mid-year, you do um, uh, an, an end of year, you do the beginning of the year where you set the goals and you do your goal setting and so on and so forth. But in my opinion, if you're given feedback day in and day out and you're having one-on-ones with your teams and you're, and you're not doing that once a quarter, you're, you're doing that daily and, and people are getting instant feedback and, and coaching and um, I, I think that's, that's much more... Uh, in my mind, much more effective than than just waiting for the end of the year to give someone a rating and 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 hand them a check and move on. Uh, again, that that that's my opinion. That's that's how um, that's how we we like to operate in my organization uh, here at the company. Um, uh, you know, we do a lot of uh, collaboration, a, a lot of uh, instant feedback from our leadership team to the employee team and. And I, I think it's worked well. I think it's worked well to try to uh, prepare us for the um, for the heavy workload that we have, uh, especially considering we're we're not only running the railroad, but we're you know we're we're off trying to rebuild uh, the technology of a of a utility. Now uh, we know that. Um, so let's take your industry as an example, where there are uh, there's aging workforce, and they eventually want to retire. And then the infusion of newer talent could perhaps be an issue because not sure if they would want to work with older equipment or any other data technology. That is likely to create a vacuum. What's your silver bullet answer to that? Yeah, you know, I wish I had a silver bullet answer to that. I, I you know, it, it is, it's scary. It's scary, you know. One of the great things about working for a utility is you're a pretty stable industry. Um, you know, folks join up a utility and they, they really, many people spend their entire careers at the same company. Um, however, what that, you know, it's, it's what you're alluding to. You know, we're, we're facing um, significant retirement risk, which, which translates to uh, potential loss of knowledge. You're, we're in the middle of this transformation, so you still have to maintain, you know, some of this older technology. It's it's challenging when we when we go out to fill positions to try to get a a person fresh out of school, um, whether it's a bachelor's or master's program, because they kind of come in and they say, well, how long am I going to work on this older stuff? First of all, it's even hard to just convince someone, hey, why don't you come talk to the utility as a place to come for technology talent? Because most most people coming out of school are thinking about, you know, companies like Google, right? And that's that's what they think of as the cool place to go, or you know, Tesla, and um, that's what that's what they think of as cool. So um, it's incumbent on us in in this industry and in in this in this field of technology to be uh, spreading the word about, you know, just just how exciting it is to be in a utility right now, because all those great technologies that people have thought about for many years, well, they're actually, they're actually here now, and, uh, and they're being implemented, and it's, gonna ex- it, it's, it's the next wave of the future, and hopefully uh, we continue to grab that, that new talent, and they, they see the value, and they stay with, uh, with, with the utility because, again, it is a stable, uh, stable industry. So beyond the cool and imaginative and creative projects, 
what else can be promised to the talent which may be existing in your organization or the ones that you're trying to attract so that they find uh, a promise in it which is to do meaningful work, not just new stuff, but something which is meaningful, which also is key to motivating people and keeping them around. Well, you know, with my experience, and I'll, I'll talk about my experience in, in, in a utility. When I, when I started, I was, um, uh, I, I was actually uh, working for the, an engineering department at a nuclear power plant, and uh, I was filing papers. And, um, you know, I was able to move into various different departments, um, different parts of the company, um, gain experience on, um, on just about everything that this company does. And that's, that's one of the things that, you know, I always tell, uh, you know, folks that are interested in, in coming over and as we try to recruit people is that you really have the opportunity to do just about anything you want to do at a utility. Um, as long as you've got the drive, there's so many opportunities, whether it's in operations, if it's in nuclear, transmission, distribution, customer service, uh, finance, uh, HR, there, supply chain, there's, there's so many different places you can go. The great part about being in IT at a utility is you're kind of learning about all those parts of the business because our expectation is that you really understand your business before you develop any solutions. And with that mindset, you know, folks in our uh, technology department, they, they're learning these other, these other business, uh, businesses. And quite often, um, folks from IT end up going and working for, for the business for, uh, uh, during their career. And, and as a matter of fact, the, m- many of the people in the IT department have actually come from the business and didn't have an IT background. Um, but they, they, they had a skill set that we could explore and develop, and, um, and we, we want that cross-pollination. That, that helps us stay, uh, stay on top of, uh, of, of, of the workload. It stays on top of the transformations that are happening. It's, 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 the, it's one of the best places uh, to be. When I talk to some of my uh, friends at other companies, you know, I, I don't necessarily hear that people get to make moves across different lines of business in, in the same company as, as, as much as it can happen here at a utility. And would you say the kind of um, promise that you are uh, offering to these people who are willing to work on themselves, besides you at the top, who primarily has no other agenda but to see the organization move forward, also have your mid-managers, the ones who are your lieutenants, to share the sentiment? Are they, are they being as, uh, what are you doing in a way? Let me not say that are they, what are you doing to make sure that they are equally charged up and equally devoid of any other agenda besides the organizational growth? So if I, if I hear your question correctly, I, I guess I, I would say this. When I look at my lead team, um, there, there are only a few of the folks on my lead team that have actually been in IT their entire career. Uh, many of them have come, I've got one individual that came from the tax department um, that's part, that, that runs our business relationship management uh, piece with our corporate and shared services part, you know, really focused on business analysis. Um, I've got an individual from finance. I've got another individual um, um, 
who came from um, truly the operations side. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I guess to keep them charged up is pretty, pretty easy because they've all experienced the, the, the same type of growth at the company. Um, so it, it, it doesn't take much to keep them charged up. All right. Let's take a quick blisters, uh, uh, quick break. Uh, listeners will be right back. And once we uh, come back, let's talk about the mindset of a worker today to be able to learn technology. And even when they are gaining uh, competencies or create, uh, developing competencies in specific areas, how acutely are we focusing on them developing uh, the the DNA to be able to learn how the business works. So as a lead team, uh, Zishan's team actually has been put together where they came from non-technology. But when you try to look at people who are coming from bottom up and they started as a programmer or a network analyst, they primarily have housed themselves into this cocoon of technology versus opening it up and looking at business as a whole. How do you solve that problem? Because till the time across along the chain of command, this is not solved. Business and IT will remain two departments versus converging into one. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, some are uber geeks who want to remain geeks, but then when they are kind of isolated from where the business is heading the relevance is lost. How do you ensure that each person in your team, no matter which level they are, they are primarily business-oriented people who happen to be working in technology? That, that, so that's the, uh, that's the hard part, right? Um, keeping everyone informed of what's happening and keeping them engaged in what's happening, right? It, it, it can be pretty easy to slip into, uh, you know, the last segment we were talking about, you know, just kind of doing your day in and day out and, and not really picking up your head to, to look around at what's happening. Um, so it, it, it's a challenge. Uh, you know, I, I rely on uh, the management team to be um, kind of doing their own marketing campaigns with, with all their staff and making sure everyone understands uh, what's happening across the company. Um, one of our functions that we have in our organization is this business relationship management function where we're kind of um, dotted line to our, uh, to, to our lines of business so that, you know, the purpose is a, is, is, is a couple things. One, one to, to be able to identify what technology needs those lines of business may need so that we can prepare business cases and, and roadmaps and, uh, and such. 
But the other is to also understand what the business is doing so that we in, in the IT organization uh, can just think better about how we should um, support them. So, you know, we rely on those organizations to bring that information back to uh, the rest of the team, uh, for the management team to, um, to cascade that information out, to, to try to keep uh, all the employees uh, um, engaged in what's happening. Now, um, if you are looking at the tactical uh, approach that people take in terms of, you know, putting in technology, I'm assuming strategy is not only the onus of the top leader like yourself. Do you think strategic no. thinking is, is a competency that has to develop and you're doing something about it to go along the chain of command? Or do you think it is uh, overtaxing a worker who is already up to their eyeballs working? So, I, I guess a couple things. One, I don't think that you can develop the strategy in a vacuum. Um, I don't think that um, I can take, um, for example, myself and my lead team and sit in an offsite somewhere in a room and, and come up with a strategy document and, and actually have anyone buy into it if you haven't really gotten that feedback from the people that are actually doing things day in and day out. Um, the challenge is, Sometimes the folks that are doing things day in and day out, they, they see the, the short-term fix to the problem in front of them. Um, you know, taking those, those, those challenges and those short-term fixes and then taking uh, the leadership team and putting it all together and, and kind of doing that sausage making to, to come out with the strategy is the right way to go. Uh, in my mind, in my opinion, because if you don't do that, then you, you end up, you know, again, you issue this, a strategy document that no one's really bought into because they didn't feel like they had any, any real input to it, right? Um, so, you know, I go back to this open and trusting environment where um, the employees that are, that are doing this work can, can give that feedback to their leadership. We can, we can take that and say, okay, we see the problems that we have today. We see the drivers for change for tomorrow, how do we lay it out where we can solve both problems at the same time by putting those 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 kind of guide rails for for a good strategy um, that not only the 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 organization in IT can uh, sign up for, but also our customers, right? So we're we we are IT in a utility, which means we're not um, we're not turning a machine to make money, right? We're providing a service. So if our strategy isn't something that our uh, customers buy into, then again, it's, it's, it's an ineffective strategy. One is what to do, and that's what we discussed throughout the programs. As leaders who are supposed to be working on this um, initiative about building talent to its uh, best potential or let them live to their best potential, what is not to do list for the leaders? Uh, I would say number one thing is not to assume you have the answers. That, that, that in my mind, is the number one thing. The, the minute the leaders assume they have all the answers, there's a problem. Because, you know, let's, let, let's, let's be, you know, my opinion is um, you move into a leadership role, you, you slowly stop. Um, you're not doing that work anymore, right, uh, the work that your staff is doing. So um, to assume that you have the answers, I mean, you, you have the insight, but you may not have all the answers. So that, that's, in my mind, the number one rule. And uh, so, so you're saying that 
if just just they don't have all the answers and they're always on a lookout, they should be trying to find uh, sources. So which other additional sources would someone like you tap into in order for you to grow as a leader who has great talent management? Um, yeah, no, a couple couple things. One is, uh, you know, first and foremost, the employees. They, they, they are a source and um, the first wealth of information. The second is uh, benchmarking, benchmarking within the industry and outside the industry, um, looking at other industries that are similar in nature, um, but ones that are, that are making great strides. Um, you know, for example, I, I, I tend to look at the telecommunications industry a lot, and um, there are great things happening in that, in that, in that line of business and uh, plenty of things that we can uh, uh, kind of learn from in, in the util- on the utility side. Um, and then, and, you know, just using uh, third-party sources of information, you know, um, you know, we've got a number of, you know, the IT world's full of um, great sources of, of information uh, when it comes to what are best practices, uh, what are best tool sets, you know, who's using them, how effective have things uh, been. So you take, you take those three piles of information and, and, and put it together to try to, try to develop and, um, and move forward as, as, as you try to knock down the challenges in front of you. So uh, one last message that you may have for the people who are fighting this talent battle. What optimism should they carry or, or what caution would you uh, have them keep in mind? I guess I, I, I would say there's so much opportunity for, for everyone to do better in this area. Um, you know, uh, I think change management um, when, when, and, and involving talent management uh, experts at the front end of big transformations is probably the best thing that we can do. Um, uh, across the board, so that so that not only uh, as we go out and try to recruit a new new hires, but also as we try to retain the 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 employees we have today, is really important. Um, and you know, information sharing you 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 can't put a price tag on being able to talk with uh, peers uh, inside and outside of your industries to try to try to come up with new ideas for for how to how to solve the problem. Uh, definitely, you know, don't don't try to solve it in a vacuum because uh, uh, you won't get there. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Zishan, for sharing your thoughts on how organizations, along with their leaders and lieutenants, can help solve the talent conundrum. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.